The Invictus Games is an international sporting event for wounded male and female veterans. Launched in 2014 by England's Prince Harry, Duke of Essex, the games are designed to showcase the fighting physical and psychological spirit of those maimed physically and mentally. Today, more than 500 veterans representing 20 nations compete in the Invictus Games in archery, sitting volleyball, track, wheelchair basketball, indoor rowing, powerlifting, and swimming. Many U.S. athletes hone their skills through programs initiated by the Wounded Warrior Project, an organization that works to meet the growing needs of warriors, their families, and caregivers to, as they say, help them to achieve their highest ambition. Gabriel George, a retired Navy corpsman, recently returned from the 2022 Invictus Games, hosted in The Hague, the Netherlands. The 36-year-old joined Wounded Warrior Project in 2015 after a motorcycle accident left him with severe spinal cord damage, resulting in a paralyzed right arm, which was amputated in 2020. After meeting the Jacksonville resident, I wondered if the energetic go-getter, nicknamed the One-Arm Archer, realized how much he embodied the poem written in 1875 by William Ernst Henley, also an amputee. A savage case of tuberculosis caused the poet to have his leg amputated. Fast forward to South Africa's Nelson Mandela, who brought the poem to the forefront by sharing that he had frequently recited its words during his 27-year incarceration. I wondered if Gabriel realized how fitting the poem is for a man whose name literally means God is my strength. Gabriel George was born in Texas in 1986. Raised by a single mom with five children, he joined the Navy after graduating high school to quote-unquote accelerate his life. Trained as a corpsman, he spent two years on a ship and worked behind the wire at Guantanamo Bay. While leaving a Bible study in April of 2008, his motorcycle was struck by a driver making a U-turn. Gabriel spent three weeks in a coma. When he opened his eyes, he could barely see. No one had removed his contacts. Plus the medication I was on, I was seeing all kind of stuff. Like I had a two-headed nurse. I swore I had a two-headed nurse that was coming in there. But that first memory I do have, I woke up and one of my doctors was taking out one of my chest tubes on the right side. And she told me to take a deep breath. And I remember pulling it out. I said, good. I went to sleep right after that. And the next time I woke up, my mom was there. She said I asked about my girlfriend and my motorcycle at the time. But when she told me that I'd been in the hospital for three weeks, I remember trying to get up. I couldn't walk. I had a C-collar on. I had an A-line to my heart, a feeding tube. I couldn't talk and they had trached me. Gabriel Gabriel broke his back, six ribs, and his right clavicle. Both lungs had collapsed. His right arm was paralyzed from a broken brachial plexus. Plus, he had an invulsion of the spinal cord. Believing that God would heal him, Gabriel didn't panic. Medically retired, he worked with doctors through surgeries, therapy, and meds. However, as time elapsed, neither the pain nor the paralysis improved. When the pain became unbearable, he opted for a risky surgery filled with a frightening list of what could go wrong. Well, fast forward five years later, my, my daughter's growing up. I'm living in Atlanta and I'm dealing with all this pain because every time it gets cold, I'm hurting a lot more. And she's a kid just wanting to go outside and play and I'm telling her I can't and I end up screaming at her saying stop and it scares her to see me scream like that. Then it scares me to see her get scared. So the very next day, I was like, I called the surgeon and said, I need to do something about this pain because I, I can't have it affect my life like this. So I booked a surgery with him. I go do the, the, the dress surgery in North Carolina. And I remember waking up after the surgery and I'm asking the nurses, hey, so when is the pain supposed to stop? 12 hours later, I'm still up wide awake and they're trying everything. They give me everything they got and I'm still wide awake, still in pain. Gabriel suffered through a cyclical fog of pain, muscle spasms, and a useless right arm. The couch became his mainstay. Eight years later, he attended a VA adaptive sports clinic for severely wounded veterans in San Diego. With one arm, Gabriel kayaked, sailed, cycled, and shot a bow.
archery day, I was sitting there and I was watching everybody shoot. And they had us at this facility in Chula Vista, California, where it's the Olympic training facility. And I was like, okay, but I can't do this. It was one of the coaches there. He, I guess he heard me say it. He's like, hold on. He reached in his pocket and pulled out his string and tied it around the D-loop of a bow. And he said, here, bite down on this and pull. And I'm like, I bit down and I pulled the bow back with my mouth. And I let go, and the arrow hit the target, and just, like, lights went off and bulbs. I was like, whoa, I did that. And I just want to do it over and over again. This is a Paralympic slash Olympic training facility. Like, if you're able to make the team, the VA has a stipend that they'll pay you if money. That way I can help take care of my family and do other things. Once home, Gabriel bought a bow and networked through other veterans to find the ultimate archer hookup. After a couple of months of me just shooting the bow that I bought, and we tried different ways to figure it out, make it better for me to shoot easier. I signed up for another little community clinic here in Jacksonville with Brooks Rehab. They had an adaptive archery clinic. And when I went there, lo and behold, there was a guy there shooting archery. He's in a wheelchair and he was just shooting perfect. And come to find out, he was a gold medalist and his name is Andre Shelby. And he was a former Navy also. From that moment on, watching him shoot is like, let me know that, okay, this is possible. It's something that could really be done. And he ended up taking me under his wing. Andre ordered the purchase of a big boy bow. Gabriel upgraded without question. He then attended Wounded Warriors Project Odyssey, a five-day mental health workshop that challenges wounded warriors to step outside of the comfort zones of their daily routines. And then from going to the Project Odyssey, I signed up for the Soldier Ride in Philadelphia and met a whole bunch of other different veterans dealing with similar situations that I'm in and other situations. And we were able to come together and just build this camaraderie. And it just pushed us to do even more, but it really pushed me to do even more and find more resources on how I can keep doing better with the things that I was already doing, like archery and other things, how I got hooked with archery. Charge training three to five times a week, doing two a days, three a days, spent a lot of time watching Andre and sitting in the backyard trying to get better at whatever thing I was doing. And it wasn't until like, I started doing my first competitions, like para-world trials, and started shooting with USA Archery that I learned how far I could really go with this. Nothing would ever get in the way again. Fast forward from starting that summer sports clinic to doing my Project Odyssey with the Warrior Project. I'm a rescue scuba diver. I race sailboats across the country. I shoot Paralympic archery. I golf regularly as much as possible. I do quite a bit now. The adaptive sports have been my calling. It's not only therapy for me, but it's, it's my way to connect with others and show others what they can do. It's to shine that light and let them know I use sport as a tool and as a means to be this ambassador for, to people. And of course, pickleball. So I was actually introduced to pickleball introduced again in my second year when I went back to the, the VA summer sports clinic. And I was like, what is this? Pickleball, I never heard of it. Didn't think that. I'm like, whatever. I was going back to archery. I was just there. like, yeah, let me show you what I've done since that last year. And I went to this pickleball clinic and I'm like, this is fun. I can move a lot back and forth. It was like pickle. So pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. It's a mix of like ping pong or table tennis and badminton and like regular tennis, but it's on a smaller court than a tennis court. And you're using a paddle and a wiffle ball to play it. Since it's a smaller court, there's not a lot of running around, so it's not as bad as your knees and hips as other sports can be, but you can still get a full-body workout, and everybody can play it. Everyone from dang near three years old to 93, and I say that honestly because my first time playing a real match, I had my butt handed to me by an 84-year-old man, and he, he, had, he just running all around the court while he just stood there laughing and dipped. And it's one of my favorite sports to do now because it's a very social sport. It's very open to the community. It gets you out the house. And it's great for veterans that have anxieties about getting back into communities because this gives you something with people that are smiling and laughing. You tend to have it and do 
it himself until they, they get beat or bad. But and it's something that physically after I'm playing, I could play for hours a day and my body is not beat up and hurt so bad from. And yet, despite Gabriel's evolution, a miracle had yet to cease his relentless pain. Undeterred, he added snowboarding to his athletic list. A couple of months went by. I ended up going snowboarding again with a veteran group. And on my last day there, took a dive, shattered my humerus. And so they take me to the ER. They say, wait, it's paralyzed, so there's not really much we could do to it. Said, Your bones are so brittle. They said, you need to see a surgeon when you get back home. So as soon as I get home, I meet with the orthopedic surgeon. He's like, yeah, all right, you want to do this? What you want to do? I said, well, let's cut it off then. Because like, my this time in life, I'm now I'm involved in the adaptive sports. I'm scuba diving. I'm shooting archery. I'm playing pickleball. And like carrying this arm around, it's just a weight. The whole side is hypersensitive to cold. So every time the AC is on, the wind is on, it hurts. So I'm thinking if I get rid of the XP and get rid of the weight, okay, at least that's a less I have to deal with. But the doctor had no problem with it. And the surgery was February 25th, 2020. I stayed in the hospital overnight one night. And they, I was wide awake the whole night, walked around the whole hospital ward just trying to get used to the imbalance. It was weird for a week because it felt like I still had the whole arm on. And But after that, I was like, my plan was get out the hospital, go home, wait about a week to heal, then start training for archery, get ready because I had Warrior Games and Invictus Games coming up. And the very next week, that's when COVID started shutting everything down. Life was like, okay, I don't have it now. I can move around better. Before, I had this arm that I had to reach for it and move it around when I'm trying to lay down. I couldn't lay certain places because it would be heavy on me or I had to be careful with it cooking because I burn myself and not know it. It was always something I had to watch for. And now it's, it's just not there. And I still have the same nerve pain. I still feel like my fingers are going to explode, but I don't have this weight on me. I'm able to really physically move around better. While the amputation didn't stop the pain, the pain didn't stop Gabriel. To get over the I can't do it, it just took somebody showing me one time that I can't. I've never said that I can't do something. I don't look at something and say I can't. 98% of the time I look at something and say, how, how can I? I ask myself, okay, what do I got to do to get this done? Because if, if it's something that I want to do, oh, yeah, I'm going to figure it out. How can I either duplicate this or either make this process better? Talking to different people and finding different ways. So now with me using my teeth more consistently, I had to find the apparatus or like a, the proper string and the proper sewing technique. I can use something that wasn't going to tear up so fast and then and still hold the weight that I'm pulling. It was never about what I can't do. It's how can I do it and what it's going to take to get it done. Through it all, Gabriel's relationship with God never changed. All I did was change of my of how I flow and how I deal with people, but it, it never changed of my faith in God. I believe my God is in everything, and all of this is purposeful. All this is the accident was just another part of my testimony. That's all it did. Gabriel admits that the Wounded Warriors Project Odyssey was extremely instrumental along the way. Participating in the activities that they provided for us that started lighting little fires. Okay, when I go home by myself, then I'm like, I have nothing to do. I got to deal with all this stuff by myself. With the Independence Program, they had they provided resources for some to come out and help take notes for me. Like doing the things that I, I wasn't able to do or wasn't physically able to do sometimes, they provide a resource to somehow do it to, to help me get it done. And that just made me keep coming back to them and say, okay, since y'all are real about this, what, what can I do for you? And if they, they never asked nothing for me. They just wanted me to just keep showing up. And now I've seen what they've done for me. Now I take my time trying to show what I want to see what they do for others. I always, I'm mad every time I know so many other veterans that have dealing with the same things I've gone through or less things. And, I, and they, the Wounded Boy Project has opportunities and resources for all like anyone any kind of post 9-11 veteran that would like even if you think you got it all together most times sometimes you're carrying somebody else and 
through my time and service through this, it, it gave me the opportunity to keep serving on both sides. I get to go find other people and tell them about what they've done for me. Now, let, now watch what they can do for you and seeing how they, they actually help these other people and help these other veterans and then turn around and light the fire that they lit for me. Wounded Warrior Project brought the athlete full circle. With being with Wounded Warrior Project, I had that opportunity to see a full circle of someone just coming out, just stepping out of their house, coming out of this shell for the first time in years, just having that desire to want better for their life, want to get out of that situation, want to get out of their head, or want to get over something that they're battling. And first step is sometimes is, is that commitment to say yes to come out and to try to come out. And then usually they're all just to themselves, sitting way back, quiet, kind of hidden, real closed off. And by the end of it, you see people laughing that haven't laughed in years. You see people crying that haven't cried in years. I went to every stage of it. That's what got me involved in adaptive sports. Some people have tell me all the time that I inspire them or they like to see me doing something. And it lets them feel like, okay, they have no excuse. So I, I love to show up to an organization where they'd be scuba diving or golfing or whatever. And somebody thinking, oh, I can't do this. And I just sit on the side and just do my thing. I don't say nothing to them. I never tell somebody well, what they can't do. I just I let them watch me. And somehow that triggers something in here, we'll figure out how to do it. I can do it too. And whatever. Like they say, iron sharpens iron. We, we encourage each other. The big story I tell people all the time, but when I first started coming out to things, I always thought I was like this little brittle snowflake. You know, you snowflakes are being, they can be beautiful, but I'm, nobody understood this pain that I'm in. Nobody understand all the injuries that I got. And it's certain things you can't just treat me certain type of ways. But, but coming out to like a Wounded Warrior Project event, you realize you are a snowflake, but you're a snowflake in a blizzard with a whole bunch of snowflakes. When you meet up together, you strengthen each other. We, we find things out about ourselves from somebody else that's been going through it already or somebody that just just got injured or just now starting to go through what you've been going through to see the effect of what it means to talk to somebody else that wants to learn from you or impart something onto you and and it's always a full circle today archery serves as a venue for revenue i have the resources so all i gotta do is put in the time put hours and hours and hours of work just at the range. Like, I get to the range, and some people I watch, they'll shoot 25 arrows and leave. And I'm like, 25 arrows was not even a startup for me. That's just a basic warm-up, and that's a good shot. So it it just became a a drive for me, something that I wanted to do because I I had a purpose for it. So I felt like this is going to be something that gets me off the couch but also helps me do something for my family. Gabriel is driven to set an example for his daughter. With her growing up and watching every single thing that I do has been a, a gauge for me to let me know that I have to be purposeful with everything that I do. I have to teach her how to survive and teach her how when something happens to you that life isn't over, that you have to keep going. And that what's kept me going through all this. When asked about his relationship with God, Gabriel didn't hesitate. All I did was change of my of how I flow and how I deal with people, but it, it never changed my faith in God. I believe my God is in everything. And all of this is purposeful. All this is the accident was just another part of my testimony. That's all I did. I asked Gabriel if he planned to become a motivational speaker. If, if you've heard me talk probably right now, you probably say I talk a little fast and most people say, and I can talk a lot sometimes, but I tell people I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a motivational doer. I motivate by doing. I can talk to you all day about something, but I'd rather you come out and experience it with me. Let me show you what you can do. There's not really a limit. Fast forward to the 2022 Invictus Games. Our Secretary of Transportation, he was in the Netherlands at the time, and he came out, and he sat next to my aunt, sitting there talking to her, and had her explain to her how the event was going and what things was happening. And then once he left, as I got ready for my little finals round, uh, this old redhead guy popped up, and I saw cameras go crazy, and turn around, and I'm seeing my aunt sitting next to Prince Harry, and she's just laughing, and he's laughing and having a good time, so... 
I made sure I didn't look long because I wanted to stay focused to finish my tournament. And after I finished my last shot, I went over and, and he shook my – well, he gave me a big hug. And just he just began to talk to me just about me, per se, just about – because he, he was able to see that I was struggling with a lot of pain. My shoulder was acting up the whole time because of the weather. Asking me, like, is this something that I deal with daily and all my life as far as just the accident? And, like, he thought it was just unfair for me to be shooting against other people, able-bodied people, that, in a way. But I have to explain, I'm like, you know, this is the game. This is what we do. And I didn't, I didn't feel like nothing was unfair or not. You know, it just, you, so you have your days. The competition wasn't easy. I know I'm there to serve a purpose. I know I'm not going to always win. I know this going into this because I know I'm shooting against myself. Even though everybody else is out there shooting in different ways, at the end of the day, Archer, you shoot against yourself. You shoot your score. So no matter what somebody else is doing or how they're doing it, I have to beat my score and my last score. So that's all that really matters. And depending on what my body is doing or how well I'm shooting through this process, my, my goal is just get my chance to get to the top. As long as I give myself that chance and I make it, okay, I've done half of my goal of what I was going to do. My biggest thing is not even just that I'm shooting with my mouth or my neck. My thing is I'm battling the pain in my body, like the muscle spasms from when it's cold, the nerve pain that is coming and constantly that I can't control. So it's not just the, the how I'm shooting. It's like, all right, archery is a very consistent sport. You have to do the same thing over and over. But when I'm trying to line up and I got my neck spasm and my shoulder spasm, it makes it a little bit more challenging. But in my head, I'm telling myself, you know, hey, everybody else don't have this challenge, but let me just do my thing. And so it's Every time I score well or do something well, that makes me feel better. Win or lose, Gabriel understood the true significance of the Invictus Games. To come together with other countries, people from all around the world, that don't speak the same verbal language, but we all speak the same pain language. And we're able to come together and smile together. Through a competition, we find friendships and we build relationships that we would never have a chance to be. It allows us to empower ourselves, but also empower each other. Because I tell this story all the time about this snowflake story, about when I got first injured, of how like you feel like this brittle snowflake that nobody understands you. You don't want nobody to touch you. You try to stay yourself. But when you come to some event like the Invictus Games and you participate in stuff like with the Wounded Warrior Project, you learn that you are a snowflake, but you're in a blizzard with a whole bunch of other snowflakes. And when you come together, there's power in that blizzard. There are things that we can do. We, we help each other. We make these beautiful snowmen and all these other things because we had fun. There was a competitive aspect to it, but at the end of the day, we all supported each other. One of the big things we do, like last day of the event, we all end up trade uniforms like this. We traded jackets, hats, and all kind of stuff. We stuff from different countries. So when we had our final time to walk out on stage, like they was naming each country as they walked in. But when King USA got up on the stage, the announcer couldn't recognize who we were because we had on so many different countries. Gabriel's journey is truly emblematic of the word Invictus, the Latin word which means unconquered. When I first got injured, I was on a bag of pills. You name it, they gave it. None of the pills and stuff ever helped me. I was always constipated and comatose, still being in pain. And I lived through this life of over a year, just going through that cycle, just being in pain, losing weight, not being helpful for, for anybody in life. I've always been very active. I love to keep going. When I'm in movement, I, I feel better. It's when I stop and when I feel really have to deal with everything and face the pain. I've done every procedure. Like I'm a medical marijuana patient here in Florida. And that's the only thing that touches it that really helps it. That helps me where I can have an appetite to keep going and keep me from being nauseated all day from dealing with the pain. But outside of that, it's like it's a fire inside of me. Just just knows like there's so much more. I love living. I refuse to just give up. Death is overrated. I've seen the other side. I've done all that. But while I'm here, it's so much to live for. The second you think you've done it all, there's nothing to do, go travel.
and see that how things are being done other places. Like, I'm grateful to be here in America where we I have Social Security where I can live off of and survive off of, where I've met people just recently from other countries that don't have these kind of resources. They can deal with the same injuries as me and don't have any help, but they really have to survive. So me, me knowing these things, it, it keeps my attitude from being ever feeling sorry for myself because I know it can always be worse, and there's always somebody that has it worse for me. So I try to take everything that I have. Yeah, I'm drained a lot. There's people don't see that side. I don't let that out, but I'm like, when I'm good, I try to live as good as I can because it's life. Life is for the living. I recite the poem in honor of Gabriel. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried out loud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloodied but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. Though the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid, it matters not how straight the gate or how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Lucia Vitti, 104.5 WOKV. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.